You there? Carter? Is that is that you? Yeah, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Eh, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, no complaints. You know, just working. Yeah, life could be a lot worse. I mean, what's going on with you? I feel that. I feel that. I'm just, you know, struggling to uh, get through this senior spring, man. It's really starting to drag. Dude, senioritis, it's brutal. Now that I got into I grad school, you know, I feel the same way kind of with work. Oh, you know, yeah, that's a finite yeah, period. That's a new update. That's a new update. Uh, I don't know if you feel comfortable enough telling the people where you're going. Oh, I'm going to Syracuse. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. But wait, this kind of feels a little weird, dude. Aren't I the one who's usually calling you in these things? I know. I know. I've been, I, I should explain myself. I'm sorry. So, as you know, I'm in the Shakespeare class, right? The one that you recommended? Yeah. And we're going through all these scenes, really working on my acting chops. So, one thing that Professor Collins has really suggested is that I try to get in the head of people I'm trying to impersonate and, and so that I can bring their character to life. So, I'm trying to impersonate you. All right. That's a little weird, but I can, I can, I can get down with it. How's it going? Oh, it's, it, it's interesting. I'll tell you that much. Um... I mean, I, I've been, you know, putting in the work, I, I really think, just because you're a tough person to lay down, I'm trying to drink at least five cups of coffee an hour. Uh, you know, I've tried to dye my hair, hasn't really worked out, but I got, like, very short on the sides. I'm peeing every 15 minutes now, which is crazy. Um, I get really upset and, and kind of have the urge to just lose my shit all the time. Uh and, and I always say that's fucking bullshit after almost every sentence now. <laughs> hey, that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> that's fucking bullshit yeah, right I, there. Uh, I think it'd be nice if we could do a podcast episode with some of these roles reversed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd have to work on yours a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, you're, you're setting a pretty high bar right there. You know, honestly, man, I, I really don't know what to expect if we're going to roll with this. Me neither, but hey, let's uh, cue that music and see what happens. coast it sounds like you got so yeah. into trying to uh, mimic me that you kind of screwed up the words ah. professor Shit. collins would be real real disappointed as i know that class I, got, is, I was too fo- I, I was too focused on bringing the energy bringing the energy man not everybody has it not everybody has it you know everybody says this podcast should be named a song of ice and fire <laughs> yeah yeah i know professor collins would be disappointed Oh, he would be, but you know what? You want to also be disappointed in? Great segue. <laughs> yeah, we don't even this need to fill in the blank. I, all right, yeah. Okay, so since the last time we spoke, 
we, uh, you and I actually predicted we would beat Butler and then lose to St. John's because that's just the type of bullshit that this team likes to pull. And classic, welcome to DC fashion, we were completely wrong. <laughs> we're really good at being wrong. I gotta say that. Honestly, if you are, if there's any degenerate gamblers out there listening to this, fade everything that we say. Literally everything. And you'll make yeah, so even, much money. We don't even bet, man. But it's also very typical for the team to completely subvert our expectations. Even yeah. when we try to go against what we think will happen. Yeah, because we were like, all right, it makes sense for us to lose to Butler and then beat St. John's. So what are we going to do? We're going to beat Butler, lose to St. John's. But they pulled a reverse on us. They, yeah. it, they, they completely have us on our heels. Nothing makes sense. Nope. Nothing makes sense. And I, I think we're... Especially after that Butler game, we were both like, fuck this, man. Oh, dude, I checked out after the Butler game. I was so upset. Yeah. Well, let's get into that a little bit, because you you couldn't watch the first half of that game because you were watching 1917. Credit to you. Mm-hmm. Hell of a movie. Um, But we got out to a pretty good start. We were playing great defense, getting out in the break, running, shooting well, attacking the rim. We were up, I think, 11 at halftime, and everything felt pretty good. And then literally three minutes into the second half, any good feeling was gone. Yeah, I think at least the vibe I got was that our first half seemed relatively sustainable. We weren't shooting the lights out. No one was going off. And I think it was our defense that was most impressive. But from what I saw in the second half, Butler just very intelligently, credit to the coach, LaBelle Jordan, I think. Yep, LaBelle Jordan. They they ran the same action every time and eventually caught up to us on back of their three-point shot. And then buried us with it. I mean, I've never seen Sean McDermott, their best three-point shooter, get open, clean looks from the corner, essentially back-to-back-to-back-to-back plays. It was just like our defense was totally stunned, and they they just didn't realize it was happening. And the thing was that you astutely pointed out, it was the same motion play, like three, four times in a row, and we couldn't stop it. Yeah, the Warriors love to run that action. You do a high pick and roll, where you drag your shooters down to the corner, and you mm-hmm. have the other guy on the wing cut. So usually, I mean, Kumar Baldwin's a good enough passer to get it into the paint. And then if the big can pass, which in this case, uh, Butler's bigs can, you kick it to the corner, and one of them's open. Because yep. someone's going to overhelp, which is another problem we have so much. But oh, yeah, Overhelping is brutal on our defense. But yeah, I... The, Sean McDermott, typical white guy fashion, lit us up. And he's no scrub, but he should not have had 25. Yeah, I mean, everybody was giving McDermott a lot of credit for developing a skill set this year beyond just shooting a three. But his entire foundation to his game is being able to hit outside shots. You have to take that away from him and force him to beat you with the other skills that he's supposedly developed. Um, And we just didn't do that. We let him catch and shoot and light us the holy hell up from deep. And that's the reason we got beat. Lack of adjustments in the second half. Yeah, I know. And honestly, Carter, at the end of that game... Go ahead, bud. No, 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 you got it. Look at that. Gentlemanly. Very, uh... This is how Georgetown raises his young men. After you. No, after you. Well, if I don't mind if I do. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I... um, I know you love the uh, but, um, yeah, that is true. I love my own voice. I wish I could sing. I would sing everything instead of speaking it. But There's a reason you're going into broadcasting, bro. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, at the end of this game, it led to a lot of fans, a lot of students, 
a lot of media folk, whatever, begin to question the faith that we've had in this coaching staff. A lot of diehard fans find that blasphemous. Honestly, I thought I thought it was very warranted. I, I thought the coaching job in this game in particular was abhorrent. That's a great choice uh, of words there. And I, I think a great point because it, it goes on both ends. As much as we complain about Butler getting a bunch of open threes, they only scored five more points in the second half than they did in the first half. What I really look at and get annoyed with is the fact that we went from scoring 43 points in the first half with no one having double-figure points to only scoring 21 in the second half. It's like there was a lid on the basket. Yeah, there was. And everybody, Butler's reputation is having a stingy defense. I think their defense has definitely dropped off a bit in Big East play. But still, we're at home in front of our own group, and we should be able to defend an 11-point halftime lead against Butler, regardless of how good they are. To me, yeah, they're a good team, but we showed that we could play with them, not just play with them, but really outplay them in the first half. The fact that we couldn't adjust to what they came out of the second half and were doing, it was disheartening, quite frankly. Yeah, and, and this is far from the first time that we've seen Ewing fail to make adjustments. Uh, and I think it's a sentiment that we aren't the only people who share either. We ended up shooting 33% from the floor. Like, oh my, how, dude? Mm-hmm. Mac took some bad shots, sure. Omer took some bad shots, sure. But it's like, how can things... Consistency is, is one thing, but it's consistency of play style, too, that worries me. It's like, if we were just missing open shots, that's one thing. But the fact that we went from moving the ball so well to not doing it in one game, that that has to be on coaching. Yeah, and I don't know how much all, like, listen, I'll be honest with you. I've never been on a college basketball men's coaching staff. I don't know how the coaching responsibilities are distributed, but I think some of it has to do with the assistant coaching as well. I don't think it all can fall directly on Ewing's shoulders, right? I mean, this game in particular... Like, a lot of Georgetown fans got into it online about the coaching staff in this one. Yeah, Um, yeah. You know, but uh, I thought the criticism was warranted. Nobody's calling for Ewing's head. Obviously, it's tough to evaluate him this season due to all the transfers. But it was one of those games where you walk away and you were like, what the heck was, were they thinking? Yeah. You know, like, we're, we're, sure, we're couch coaches, but like, even we could see that there needed to be adjustments. And if we can say that, it's usually not a good thing. <laughs> and there's been multiple times this year that we have been able to say that. Yeah. I mean, we, we just, I'll say it, we looked like a dumb team. Yeah, we didn't play smart. We didn't. And that's, that's concerning. We, but yeah, I think also, if anything, this was partially, I think, had to do with the fact that Butler has not been as good as expected in Big East play. It's just something I predicted. I'll, I will take credit for that. But uh, they're, like, we should have had this game. Absolutely. 100%. Well, it was so, frustrating. But it also led to, um, you know, a game, essentially a must-win at St. John's, Super Bowl Sunday. And then some news broke right before tip that Mac McClung wasn't going to be available for that game. Eh, when I heard that, Carter, I was like, mail it in. Eh, this is over. <laughs> yeah. It's done. Yeah, I, neither of us watched the game. That's how bad we thought it was going to be. Yeah, I watched a little bit of it in the first half, and then I turned it off to go to my buddy's house for um, Super Bowl Sunday and, you know, gamble. 
which I won 300 bucks in the game. Let him know how you did. I had a couple of uh, big time prop bets. You know, my entire rationale said the Niners were the better team. I thought they were going to win, so I hammered the Chiefs. Absolutely hammered the Chiefs. <laughs> I hit uh, two Damian William prop bets. I bet on him at plus 900 to score a receiving and a rushing touchdown, and I bet I hit another plus 400 bet on for him to score two touchdowns in the game. So my man Damian Williams is my favorite player in the NFL for the offseason. Love that guy. <laughs> that is fucking big time, man. Oh, dude, when he had that touchdown at the end of the game, I was throwing yeah, shit. I was going it. nuts. When he was running, I was like, don't you go down. Don't you go down. But uh, that's the yeah. side's point. Great game. It was fun. Yeah. Shakira and J-Lo killed it at halftime. But, you know, it, we got down early in this one, Carter. It did not look good. And credit where credit is due, this team didn't give up. They grinded and fought their way back. And got to give credit to Omer. Omer made a lot of big-time plays in the post offensively to help seal this win, including the game-winning bucket. And I think it was Jagan had a gnarly pass to him on yep. that game-winner. Yep. It was a little no-look drop-off after breaking the press. Balls so moved by Mount Mike Anderson there. to break out the press, though, in that situation. Yeah, it was a very, very bold move, especially because that was right off a timeout, I believe. So it was obviously something the coach drew up, but also something that Ewing could have thought of. It wasn't Usually you break the press out unexpectedly. Yeah, yeah, it was. And, you know, if you break the press quickly, it can lead to odd man situations, a.k.a., you know, like a, a power play is something that we could call Yeah, it. that's a good way to describe it. You know, and Georgetown had a bit of that because Georgetown is a team of veteran players in the backcourt. Not, you know, they may not necessarily be the most skilled, but they're very smart with the ball in their hands. Jagan, Terrell... Javon, those three players are smart. They have high basketball IQ, and they've been good at breaking the press this year. And it showed on that play. Jagan in particular got he he pushed the ball, fed Omer, and it was beautiful. But yeah. you know that game really silenced any critics of Coach Ewing. They they made some good adjustments, and the team took on his personality, which is you know blue collar. We're really gonna fight and scrap for everything. Even though it came against St. John's, a win was a win, and it was a win that this team desperately needed to kind of right the ship a little bit. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. One thing that stood out to me was the fact that our ball movement was so equal. 19 of our 20, all of our 20 assists came from starters, but 19 of them came from four players. Jagan, Terrell, and Javon had five, and Omer had four, which I believe is his high for the season. Mm Mm-hmm. One thing I will say, Carter. Go ahead, bud. Yeah, well, I was going to say you might be getting into this. This didn't do anything for me. It didn't move the needle. I mean, great. it's a great storyline. And one thing I've noticed this year have been a lot of convenient storylines in favor of the team. But looking at things more critically, this one's a team that, you know, St. John's is one of the worst two in the conference. And they barely beat them after going down by a lot. With Mustafa Heron, their best player, playing awfully. And he was also questionable to play, too, so he probably wasn't at 100%. So, this is a great story. But I don't think it really... It didn't inspire any hope. I'm with you. I'm with you. When I saw that we won, I said, oh, great. And then I moved on with my day. You know, it was one of those things where... 
I was happy for the guys. They really needed it. Ewing needed it. It's been a trying season. It was without Mac, our best offensive player, in my opinion. You know, obviously you can debate it, but Mac, in my opinion, has earned that title yeah. 100%. I agree with you. It, it was a good win, but when it comes down to it, you got to look at it from this aspect, too. We were down by, what, 17 to St. John's? <laughs> like, there's also that angle to it. Sure, we battled back, we fought back, but how did we get down 17 to St. John's? In the first place. Oh, I'm going to take credit for this. I nailed it this year. We beat St. John's twice. <laughs> oh, go fuck yourself, <laughs> The one thing you can be proud of. Hell yeah, I nailed that. Put that up in the rafters, your personal rafters. Goddamn right, baby. You hit that one, uh, you hit that last year, and I hit it this year. I did. Yeah, you're right. So, right. we're one and one. <laughs> we're one and one in that one. Yeah, we'll have to see where that goes. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I mean... This after St. John's, we moved into Seton Hall, which was a game neither of us expected to win. But I think we both had hoped that some of the momentum from such a big, crucial win that we had against St. John's would carry into the game. And that didn't happen. We got punched in the mouth early, man. 16-2. Oh, Carter, when I heard that Mac was out and Quincy McKnight was playing, I think I told you that we were going to lose by 40. <laughs> <laughs> Optimist. Yeah, so you know, and when I heard that we were down sixteen to two, I was like, "Great, they're being generous." I'm going to bed early tonight. <laughs> and again, credit where credit's due, they didn't give up. They really didn't. Seton Hall outclassed them because Seton Hall is just better, even with Mac. They're better than we are. Pyle is a stone cold killer. McKnight, for as much as Georgetown fans hate Quincy McKnight, the guy is damn good. He is a yep. really freaking good player. Yeah, he can. He's like he's a really good on ball defender. He's a leader. He can pass, and now he can score too. They have great role players. Honestly, Carter Seton Hall, in my opinion, is a very strong Final Four pick this year in the tournament, and we hung with him. We we really gave him a bit of a battle too, which is awesome. So, I mean, I actually I, like I went to bed at halftime because you know I'm, I work and you know I really didn't want to I didn't have much faith in us to come back and win if I'm being entirely honest with you and I didn't want to go to bed at like 11:30 annoyed at us yeah. you know losing a close game so I mean I'm proud of the way they fought cuz you know again I I really thought we were going to get smacked in this game and they didn't go down without a fight so I think th- I I felt much better about this loss than I did about the win in St. John's. You know, honestly, yeah, I'm with you. Seeing O'Mare have a great game against Gill was really, really encouraging. He had 20 and 15 on 8 of 14. Uh, Javon and Terrell played awfully, though. They're, they were combined. You want to hear this? 8 for 33. That's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could say that. But, yeah, we were in this game, and I think we were down by... Four. Four was the closest we got it to with three minutes left. And we came out and had two straight turnovers. And they extended it to nine. Which is so us. Well, the thing is, Carter, that I was going to mention to you too. Um, when you look at the good teams around the country, half the battle in becoming a consistently good team is just simply not beating yourself. Like playing fundamentally sound, not giving the opponent anything easy. And it feels, even in Georgetown's wins, we're constantly doing that. 
Yeah, we win in spite of ourselves. Yeah, and to me, that's a knock on coaching. <laughs> I mean, it's a bit of a blend that, you know, maybe your player is just, you know, maybe they're really just not that great, too. But, I mean, listen, I, I, we have talent. Javon showed that in the DePaul win. Terrell is incredibly yeah. talented. Mac and Omer, I mean, Mac didn't play, but Omer is as talented of a big as you're going to find. Uh, yep. You hear, you know, analysts rave about this guy. But, you know, Even Jamarco, dude. dude. Oh, my God. If you listen to any Georgetown game and you listen to purely what the announcers talk about Jamarco, you would think he's going to be the next Kevin Durant the way they speak about this guy. <laughs> Yeah, He's the seriously. classic, like, oh, look at this kid. He's long. Talk about all the potential he has. <laughs> Got a good-looking shot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, and it's always the same things. It maybe it just it is a theme of the school where change moves so glacially that it takes forever for people to realize that something needs to change. But I feel like we've been hearing the same thing about the team all year. We have been. We definitely have been. And it's kind of been the same narrative the past two years. Last year it was... You know, this team has a lot of fight. It's taking on Ewing's personality. And now it was supposed to elevate to tournament expectations. And obviously that got knocked due to the transfers. And now we're right back to where we were. The team has fight. It's taken on Ewing's personality. So essentially we're right back to where we were last year without yep. the influx of youth. Yeah, without any future. I mean, we're, le- we're losing is it three of our top seven players. Three yeah. of our remaining seven this year. Well, t- that kid Tyler Beard coming in looks fucking awesome. Yeah, he does look really good. He was a top 75 prospect going into last summer, and he had a bad summer. But he's slowly well, regaining steam. I-, I think he'll start at point next year. He probably will, considering he's jumping over opponents. You know, he's becoming a bit of a Twitter <laughs> uh, Twitter sensation. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, 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 sticking to the focus of this year, I think you're right. It's disappointing, to say the least, and... It's crazy looking back on some of these wins that we had in December and thinking it would catapult into something more. But I think also that our resume is better than people think. Despite the fact that we clown the team as much as we do, we're a strong bubble team. Most of the brackets I see either have us in or one of the first four teams out. Yeah, by no, by no means are we dead yet. We are close, but we are not. That yeah. win versus DePaul kept us alive and you got to thank Javon for that we'll close out the podcast looking at the remainder of the schedule and what we realistically need to do to get into the tournament but I missed this game because I had to work I, I, I was working from like 11 to 3 uh, this past Saturday and of all games for me to miss I know I missed a couple but <laughs> I, I watched the highlights on all of them you know me I'm crazy Carter I know you told me I should hang up the St. John's prediction in the rafters. Fuck that. I'm hanging me sticking with Javon fucking Blair all goddamn season. I don't know another fucking Hoya fans that stuck with this kid as aggressively as I have. Do you know a single other person who has been on the Javon fucking train more than me? No, I I, I try to keep myself around sane-minded people (laughs) as much as I can. So, no. And listen, listen, man, he dropped a 30-burger on DePaul. Single-handedly dragged us from the fucking depths of hell up to heaven. He's an angel. He's an archangel. Canonize this him. Is, this is the Javon game. The Javon the one game. one time in your career, and his career most likely. 
Hey, man. Played 40 minutes, dude. Dude's a pimp. <laughs> I watched it, though. He, all, he took only good shots. He maybe took one bad shot all game. I was impressed with his ability to get to the rim. He can't finish, but he has. he's very quick when he go, when they let him go left. Yeah, I was about to say, was he going right at all? I doubt it. Once, and then he tried a floater. Yeah, he went right once, did a floater with his left hand off the glass. Yeah, well... Well, I, 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 one thing that I kind of thought about, Carter, while we were doing this podcast, the results of this game versus the Seton Hall game, it just shows the difference in talent, man. Seton Hall completely clamped yep. Terrell and Javon, and if DePaul just continually gave Javon his left hand, I mean, that's terrible, terrible, yep. like, pregame and scouting. they said that in the, uh, oh, what was it? It might have been, no, it was the Seton Hall game. I remember watching it, and in the huddle, the coach for Seton Hall, I'm forgetting his name. Kevin now, Willard. Uh, uh, Willard, yeah. He kept saying, force Terrell to his left hand. We let him go right, and he hits a floater or a three. And this was after he had been on a personal, I think it was like 10 nothing run. He didn't score the rest of the game. That's Quincy McKnight, man. McKnight is such a damn smart player, and Willard is a yeah. great coach. Willard's like a yeah. James Bond like movie villain. Yeah, he's just no hair. <laughs> white guy. Yeah, white bald guy. <laughs> uh, but you're right. Back to the DePaul game. I think there are a lot of other performances we need to recognize. Uh, namely, Kudis. I think probably had his best game in Big East play all around. Six points, eight boards, six blocks, and only three fouls in 23 minutes. Only three fouls? Yep. That's big time, dude. He is going to be a special player. Too. Because after O'Meara got hurt, Pickett fouled out, and Marison had to come in. Yeah, everybody was giving George a lot of love. Good for that kid. Honestly, it, it is very hard to say anything negative about him. He stepped in, and he hit the two biggest free throws of his life. He is the From what I've heard, he's just a freaking good dude, works hard. It is, I'm very happy for him. Yeah, he also didn't just do that. He had the biggest play in the game, in my opinion. He got the ball because on the, on the play before he got fouled to shoot the free throws, he helped break the press earlier by flashing to the center when Jagan and Terrell, not uh, Javon and Terrell were cut off. He got the ball, held it, and then when they weren't leaving their man to attack the ball, DePaul was, he dribbled through it and made like a nice little lead pass to, I think it was Javon up on the wing. The idea of that even happening, I, I'm having difficulty comprehending it. <laughs> I know it looked; it was like a fairy tale in motion. I was, for one, I that was the most stressed I've been in a game in a long time. It was also the first game I've went to in a long time, which I don't think is a coincidence. But it was fantastic, man. And, but again, same thing as the St. John's win. It's like, oh god, we barely beat the worst team in the conference. Am I supposed to be happy about that? No. Well, you know, it was kind of funny. Thompson's towel put out a. Uh, Kind of like a joke kick. It's a joke, but I know the dude who wrote it, and I, I know he actually believes this. Um, so it's, I don't know, take it as you will. He, he, he said kick the Paul out of the Big East. So as soon as he oh, wrote God. that, I, I, I texted him, and I said, you know we're going to lose to them tomorrow, and it's going to look terrible. <laughs> and I, Imagine I, if we did. Dude, yeah, I mean, it's a stupid article, but um, besides the point, Good win. 
it would have been real shitty if that was DePaul's second win in the conference against us. It looked like that was what was going to happen for a large portion of the game. Again, it was a gut check win. Uh, and it just kind of shows you know the level of talent that this team has right now, especially without Mac. Were they healthy, Mac? Yeah, we yeah. are capable of competing against the second-tier teams. We're not quite as good as them, but we can stick with them. Without Mac, we're definitely in the bottom four with Xavier, St. John's, and DePaul. Yes. Um, but with that being said, Carter, I think it's likely that we're going to be playing on Wednesday in the Big East tournament. I think it's likely that we can win that game, obviously. So long as we're not matched up with Xavier, I think we can beat St. John's. I think we can beat... Uh, DePaul again. I think we could beat Xavier on any court. I think so too, but they're definitely a step up in talent comparatively to the other two teams. They are in Joel and Artie's most recent recent bracket. They're an 11 seed matched up with Arizona, um, which is actually a good matchup for Xavier considering they're a veteran team. Zona's young, regardless. But let's take a peek at the upcoming schedule and kind of think yes. about what is realistic for us moving forward. Yeah. So, I right have now, it up. Just standings update. So we put this into context. We're at eighth, at four and seven in the conference. Um, Seton Hall, by far the best team, at ten and one. Tied for second is Nova Creighton and Marquette at seven and four, and then tied for fifth is Butler and Providence at six and five. Xavier's in seventh at five and six. Alec so, called preseason that uh, Xavier was going to be gnarly. Was was looking really damn good. Not Xavier Creighton. Creighton's going to be gnarly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were right on that about that. Marquette, I think, has been better than expected. Much better. Much better. Butler, a little worse than expected. I think Providence has probably been around where they've been expected. Just they shook off the cold start. Um, St. John's, yeah, I, I think if we had, I told you this already, but if we had beaten Providence, if Mac was healthy for that game, we would be so chilling. Like, the attitude would be so different right now because we'd also be tied for... Uh, Tied for sixth with them and Xavier. You know, man, I don't even know if Mac was healthy. I don't even know if we we would have beaten them that game. It was really just a perfect storm for Providence. They were hitting everything that game. It would have been difficult. So I'm not too upset about it. But yeah, you know, they needed a win really badly too. They did. So we kick off our next game is at Hinkle Fieldhouse at Butler. Ah, man, that's. I know that we've performed well there in the past yeah. recently. I don't know about this one. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think if Max healthy and plays well, we have a shot. I really do. Yeah, I think we're going to lose that. Uh, I'm, 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 I think we're going to lose. Then we have props. So you have, so what's your prediction in that one? I think we win. All right. So you're one to know I'm Owen one. Then we have Providence at home. I think I think we're gonna win that game. I think we're gonna get them back. I don't see us getting swept by Providence. Yeah, I think we get that one too. So you're two and now I'm one and one. Then we're at DePaul. I can't back off my prediction. I say we lose. We're one and two. I've been very adamant throughout the entire podcast that we're losing one to DePaul. Yeah, so you're two and one. I'm one and two. Then we're at Marquette. I think we're gonna get bullets in this yep, game. Yeah, no chance. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm one and three. You're two and two. Home versus Xavier. I think we each think we're gonna win that. Yep. 
So you're three and two. I'm two and three. At Creighton, I think that's a buzzsaw of a matchup. That's two and four for me. Yeah, three and three for me. And then home versus Nova. I think we win that. Okay, I don't. Okay, so essentially, I gave us that one because I thought we played them really, really well in Philly when we were at full strength. And I think that, you know... At home, maybe we could work something. I don't think that uh, Bastard yeah. Sadiq Bay is going to hit, like, what, 80% from three against us? Although he's played yeah, he's, really well. He's, he's he's playing his way into a first-round pick, man. Mm-hmm. He's, I think, 44% from three now. Yeah, he's he's hitting he's hitting bombs, dude. And you got to give him a lot of credit. He's His shot looks fantastic. But the biggest takeaway, Carter, is we each came he's out of— He's got some Chris Middleton in him. He does. 100% super freaking efficient shooter, good defender, penultimate teammate. Honestly, like, yeah, that's a really good comparison. But I think the biggest takeaway it's is... 48% from three, oh my god. Yes. Uh, that's actually higher than I thought. But I think the biggest takeaway... <laughs> I think the biggest takeaway is we're each three and four. I think we need four to get in. Well, let's see. Standings-wise, three and four would put us at seven and eleven. Yeah, I, I think we need at least yeah. four. And if we didn't, so essentially, like, if we end up winning three, I, I honestly think we could end up winning only two. Um, I agree with you. That puts us in a really precarious situation. We need a run in the Big East tournament, which I don't see happening. Yeah, do you think do you think three wins would get us out of the bottom four? No. 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 Yeah. I think we need to go four or five wins. And we'd... Man, that would be hard. That would be really yeah, hard. Right. That would make that would make the Butler game a must win. That's what I was gonna say. One of Butler or Providence would have to really fall off, along with us lapping Xavier. I do think we overtake Xavier. I'll say that much. But I don't know if Providence or Butler will fall off enough for us to overtake them. In which case, the matchup for that Big East game means so much because if we lose our Big East game. Oh, we're toast. We're toast. You know, if we are serious about making the tournament, Carter, I view the next five games at Butler, Providence, at DePaul, at Marquette, Xavier, we essentially got to take three or four of them. Four, if possible. And the four I think of, I'm like, at Butler, Providence, at DePaul, Xavier. I think we're going to get obliterated by Marquette. I mean, we beat them on the road last year, man. So stranger things have happened. But yeah, I, but I dude, this Marquette team, like, I watched that Butler game when Butler walked into Marquette, and Marquette just ripped them apart. And Marcus Howard didn't yeah. even play well. Dude, hot take really better without the Housers. Yeah, I think that I think this team. My buddy texted me. He goes, Marquette was frauds last year. Think they're frauds again this year. I was like, I completely disagree. I'm like, they yeah. are much better this year than they were last year. They're a thousand times better defensively. Mm-hmm. Which is strange. It is kind of strange. Because the Housers were both plus players on their own, on both ends. Well, I think Brendan Bailey's gotten a lot better. I think Adam's playing well. I think that guy Kobe McEwen is good. But I also think okay. Carter, that, I, I, I swear to God, I think Marcus Howard has actually gotten better from last year. Like, I think his I game is a little bit more versatile. Like, he's not necessarily just looking to shoot the ball. 
He's gotten be- he's gotten bigger for one. Like he obviously looks a lot bigger, and he's gotten better at taking it to the hole and like scoring at more levels than simply just shooting from three. Yeah, it's strange because this is his least efficient season ever. It uh, is him and Miles Powell. Yeah, he's shooting forty one percent from the field, thirty nine from three, putting up twenty seven a game. But uh, yeah, it's him. It's I was gonna say him and Miles Powell are both having objectively better seasons, but. They're way less efficient, each of them. Yeah, well, their teams are winning. <laughs> yeah, no, that'll matter a lot uh, come draft day because they're, they're two interesting prospects to look at eventually. I love how the one but, team you and I just didn't give Georgetown even a prayer against was at Creighton. Like, it's just not happening. <laughs> <laughs> and that one, the fact that we beat them is already more than I expected. Oh, they're yeah, I thought that was the one team that you know, it was like, book it, they're going to sweep us. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the one. That's the one game that we are going to look back on and probably say saved our season. You know, we've saved our season three times already. Welcome Creighton, to Georgetown St. basketball John's and DePaul. Yeah. Yeah, saving our season. Oh, and Oklahoma State. That's four. True. True. So. Forgot about that actually. Yeah, George- Syracuse too is a big one. Yeah, dude. Especially now Texas. that Syracuse has been balling. Yeah. Same with Penn State, bro. They're thirteenth now. I know. Penn State also destroyed yeah. Purdue tonight in the Mackey Center. I mean, Purdue, eh. Yeah, but, dude, Purdue was on a three-game winning streak, and they had beaten Iowa, which was essentially a top-25 team, by 40 at home. God. Yeah, so Purdue, right. Purdue's a tough team. Well, North Carolina's yeah. dead. They're getting destroyed by Wake Forest. Oh, yeah. uh, Syracuse those, lost uh, tonight. Those, uh... Those... Uh, buzzer beaters that Duke had against them. Oh, crazy. wild stuff. Wild stuff. It honestly warmed my heart a little bit. I don't want to see North Carolina in the tournament this year. Yeah. Why? Because I'm okay. jealous? Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cole should have come here, bro. Dude, if Cole Imagine. came here, oh, man. With him and, transfers? Dude, him and Mac. Oh. Oh, that's dirty, bro. Dude, there'd be no defense. No perimeter defense. <laughs> Bro, we don't need it, man. Threes are worth more than twos. Yeah, it absolutely yeah. is. You want to you wanna hear something interesting? Sure. Uh, Georgetown is still a... Top 25 offensive efficiency team, right? Uh, yeah, well, we're 28th now. Oh, 28th. In the 100th for defense, right? We are 114th. Yeah, I looked at it today. But we're, yeah, we're a 13th seed, according to Ken Tom, though, with both Providence. And of uh, Xavier, too, I think. No, Xavier's just the I like Ken Palm a lot, but it also kind of, there are a couple of rankings, that, like if you look at it, dude, they just don't make, I think Ohio State is still 12th, and they've just yeah, been terrible. Yeah, Michigan State is still 10th, and they've been bad. Um, Purdue is 18. Minnesota is 30. Yeah, Minnesota does have a couple of good players, like Creighton, is Creighton, Marquette, Butler and Seton Hall are all ahead of Villanova. I mean, yeah, those are fine. I I I, I, dis- I disagree with Butler, but yeah, I, I'm just looking for stuff to help our case, man. Because I I think we're both we had to put money on it and say we don't make the tournament. Oh, dude, I'd bet like a thousand dollars that we don't make the tournament. Yeah, I'm not I'm not even getting my hopes up yet either because we haven't had a bad loss yet. No, um, we haven't had a Georgetown loss. Just get ready till we lose at the poll. That'll be it. I could, I could honestly see losing Providence. 
Oh, dude, we might lose to Providence. This is, this is, there, Carter, if we went 0-7 to end the season, it would surprise <laughs> me. <laughs> oh, my God. Straight to that, man. I think we can both learn now because you're you know, already on the way out with the team and I'm slowly getting there. It's just, let's not get the hopes up, man. A lot of people are deluding themselves saying, like, well, if we go 6-1 and one over this next... No. It ain't happening. There's no reason to believe in that. Yeah, like, obviously it's fun to be delusional and, like, optimistic, but I was super optimistic heading into Big East tournament. I mean, get heading into Big East play, and look at me now. I, I literally boycotted the team Super Bowl Sunday because I didn't want my day to be ruined watching them. No, I seriously, I feel that so hard. I think, too, one thing that is slowly beginning to bear fruit is the fact that our thin rotation is bringing our fatigue and our... I guess just ability to play down. I mean, like, yeah. we will, we are not going to be, we're not going to be one of those teams that gets better as the season goes on. No. I think, like, we've already played our best basketball of the season, objectively. I would, and that ag- was I would agree. In that five game stretch right after. Yeah, I would agree. I think you're 100%. We're only right. going to get more tired with injuries to our two best players already. Um, thankfully, Omer is not in a boot, so he'll definitely play against Butler, and I hope Max plays against Butler. But, like, we already see it coming, right? Mm-hmm. We're down to we're down to seven people, and we literally had to play a starting five against the Paul with no margin for error. That's crazy. Get Chuma out there, baby. <laughs> dude, I I told you I texted you this. I bet Chuma becomes a scholarship player next year. Hell yeah, dude! Chuma the Puma. I seriously, I think he can be pretty decent. Hey man, I'm all on board with it. Although I got a pretty big decision when it comes to fandom next year. Yeah, I know. That's you, you. just can't watch the Syracuse game. Oh no! Yeah, dude. They, I'll be. I'll probably be at the dome when that happens. Like, oh, honestly, shit. like yeah. I, I'll probably be in the dome for that game. Dude, we should watch it together. Yeah, you, you're welcome to come up, crashing the couch. That'd be really fun. Oh uh, yeah, you're gonna have no room <laughs> in your studio. Yeah, no. There's no way. No way. Well, I actually found a food. I actually found a pretty cheap ass like apartment complex three miles off campus. And it's only like eight fifty for a single apartment. Oh, that's pretty lit. Yeah, dude, and it looks pretty nice. Like it's a ten minute drive to campus. Like, you know, I mean, the parents are pushing me for that. That's what they want. That's what that's what Mrs. Baldwin wants. And you know, honestly, like probably what Mrs. Baldwin wants is what she's gonna get. Like, so <laughs> you yeah. know, if it was up to yeah. me, I'd probably take like the four fifty three person apartment because I really don't care. Um, but it makes my mother feel better. I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever she wants. You know, I really don't care. I mean, a single is obviously pretty lit, but I don't particularly wouldn't care. Wouldn't you have a single either way? Because if it's a three-bedroom place, it's just three guys. Yeah, room. yeah, but I'd have the apartment okay. to myself. And you yeah, know, I, I've had some terrible roommate experiences. I hear you, bro. I know. I think I think you'd like living by yourself. I always think that's weird. And you're only there for a year, too. Yeah, I'm there for 13 months. You know, and the scholarship helps, too. So, like, I'll have, like... Hey, ma- sneak that in. Yeah, I gotta flex a little bit. <laughs> I'm smart. JK, Syracuse just loves Georgetown people. <laughs> yeah. No, but, uh, for sake of not running on too much, uh, you can kind of tell by our attitude, but we're already looking past this season. Hell yeah. We don't have, we don't really have high hopes, but we'll still be here, you know, Seeing what happens. I would yep. love Georgetown to surprise us. Fucking bullshit, in man. The, 
in typical fashion, will probably be completely wrong, and this team will likely make some kind of unprecedented run, or in our you know ultimate expectations, beat Butler and then lose to Providence. Hell yeah! Remember what we said: <laughs> fade everything that we say. Yeah. So we'll we'll just cover every basis so that we're right in some capacity. Yeah, you have to take one, I'll take the other. Every yeah, single game, yeah. <laughs> so we're guaranteed to be right. The brand is strong, baby. The brand is strong. But with that, uh, hopefully, we'll talk to you soon. No, hopefully. no, 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 Dan, that's my, I gotta finish it, remember? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, with that being said, you have any concluding thoughts, Dan? Yeah. Nah, I'm good, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna sneak in and that's fucking bullshit again. <laughs> it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah thank you guys again for tuning in uh we do still have fun doing this even though uh we both have a fair amount going on in our lives now and other things to look forward to we still appreciate you guys tuning in if you like what you see throw us some subscriptions ratings uh share with your friends try to get us in as many avenues as possible uh this is only the beginning of our podcasting career too so as much brand equity as we can build up, we'd appreciate it. As always, much love. Much love, baby. Hoya Saxa, Dan and Carter. Hoya Saxa.